cross is right in the middle of Lent. I've read that it marks a turning point in the fast, but I think that another way to see the Holy Cross is as a bridge, because it is impossible for us to come to the resurrection unless we go by the cross. In the Gospel reading today, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? He says this directly after Peter's confession on the road to Caesarea Philippi that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says that flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and goes on to tell them that he must go up to Jerusalem, suffer, be killed, and rise on the third day. Peter then says, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. At which point Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offence to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. I recently listened to a lecture by Father John Bear on uh, YouTube about St. Athanasius' work on the Incarnation. Who's heard of that work on the Incarnation? Many people. He said that it's actually a two-part work. On the Incarnation is the second part. The first part, against the Gentiles, um, is, the f is, is a talking about the, the Gentile idolatry and the errors. And the whole work itself is actually an apology or a, or a defence of the cross. That's what the Incarnation is actually about. So I was listening to this lecture by Father John Bear, and if you've ever listened to him um, in any of these lectures, um, you'll know that very often he rather dramatically uses the above story of Peter confessing and then being called Satan by Jesus. He, um, he often uses this story to say some very important things about how it is that we know Christ as the Son of God. The point that he makes is that in over three years that the disciples walked with Jesus, with all the miracles that he did. It did not... Yeah, it, it is only this one time that he's identified as the Christ, Son of the living God, by revelation to Peter. But even when it was revealed to Peter in that way, he didn't understand. Nor do they understand when they see the empty tomb. Remember, Peter and John go to the tomb, they see it empty, they don't, they don't know that Jesus is God from that. It is only in the light of the resurrection, when Jesus opens the scriptures to them, that they see who he is and come to understand that this Jesus, the one who was crucified and rose on the third day, is God become man. And so it is for us. The only Jesus that we can know is the one who was crucified and rose again. Early icons of the crucifixion show this reality. In those icons, Jesus is shown on the cross with his side pierced, that is after death, but instead of having his head bowed down as in later icons, his eyes are wide open and his head is upright. In other words, the cross is portrayed simultaneously as the instrument by which Christ was put to death, but also the symbol of victory over death, since death had no hold over him. So the first point I want to make today is that the only Christ that we know is the crucified and risen one, and that since we have joined ourselves to him, we must also go through our own crucifixion in order to rise again. In other words, the Holy Cross reminds us that the incarnation of Christ is not just a one-time event, but that he is becoming incarnate in us individually and as a body as we take up our cross 
and that his cross has become for us the tree of life which we were ba- which, from which we were banished in Eden. Which brings me to my second point and last point. There is a beautiful kind of symmetry in the way that the weeks of Lent are structured. I mentioned in the beginning that I think that the Holy Cross is more like a bridge and I mean specifically between the first three weeks and the next three weeks of Lent. It's not quite symmetry in that in the first three weeks of Lent, we are looking at what we lost and what we must gain, regain, what we must gain again. And in the next three weeks, we're looking at how to regain those things and what regaining those things actually looks like. So having just processed around the church here um, and declaring the victory of the cross, let us consider what that victory has achieved for us. Starting from this week and going out. So we're going to go out one week at a time in both directions. So starting from the cross and going out. Last week, St. Gregory Palamas taught us that it is possible to directly experience God and his energies, in particular the, divine, the vision of divine light. At the same time, this is a reminder of, this is a reminder of the participation in these energies that we lost in the beginning. It's a reminder to us that we, we lost that when we were banished from Eden. But now that Christ, having gained victory for us on the cross, has joined us to his own glorified body, next week, St. John Climacus will show us the path to our increasing experience of God's divine energies. Going out one more week, so taking that as a base, now extending one more week, the Sunday of Orthodoxy proclaimed and showed us the God-man, Jesus Christ, who took all of our humanity in its weakness for our sake, or remaining God without change, and declared that Christ, and, and declared that as Christ truly became incarnate, we can make and venerate icons of him and the saints who are alive in him. That was the Sunday of Orthodoxy. At the same time, in Christ we see what we turned away from becoming in the beginning. Christ is the image of what we should have become. We turned away from that. So the Sunday of Orthodoxy shows us that image in the beginning. Right at the beginning of Lent. Lent, The beginning of Lent is very penitential. So it has that kind of character. Christ as God became man, but, as we, but we as human beings were supposed to become gods by participation in his life. Now that Christ has revealed what it is to be truly human and truly God by dying for the sake of the world on the cross, in two weeks' time from now, we will see in the life of St. Mary of Egypt how, through the work of the cross in her life, she truly became a living image of Christ. She became what she was supposed to be in the beginning, That is, Christ became incarnate in her and shows us what we all have the potential to become. Finally, we can see how the weeks extending back from the cross take us to our expulsion from paradise and extending forward from the cross take us back into paradise. After three weeks, the three weeks that have passed, perhaps we're all starting to feel the effects of fasting. Lethargy, maybe lethargy, hunger, irritability, maybe craving certain things that we've given up for the time being. Fasting often brings out the side of us that we usually hide from ourselves. This is normal and part of the process of turning, training ourselves to not be ruled by the things of this world. But in all of that, remember that by bearing the cross of Christ that we venerate today, as the structure of this fast shows us, he's working in us to restore our participation in his energies, reveal the unique expression of his image in us, and give us entry back again into paradise. With such a great reward in front of us, 
Let's keep our eyes on Christ as we weaken, not give up hope, but as the lives of the saints show us is possible, allow his strength to work all of this in us. Amen. Thank you.